Welcome back to Younger and Older. I am with Joseph today, and I'm Dave Wager. If you haven't been listening before, your host for the program Younger and Older. The whole idea of this program is that we have a, a big table in the studios at Relate365.com, <coughs> which is really here on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And we sit and we have a discussion normally between generations. It is no um, really previous agenda to try and get people to believe anything. What it is, is somebody older. I'm in my 60s. And how old are you, Joseph? I'm 21. He's 21. And we're sitting across from a table talking to each other. And what I'm trying to promote in people is the idea that this could be a healthy discussion for people. It's not that you need to totally agree with another generation. But the dialogue that's there could be valuable. Um, And I've said to people your age a lot, Joseph, and you've probably heard me say it, that I don't think I'm smarter than anybody your age. I'm just more experienced. Oh, yeah. So I can give you the experience that I have. But I, 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 I can't necessarily outthink you or out, you know, I can't do that necessarily. But I can say, you know what? I'm 64. I've lived through that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the times you're in right now are very unsubtle. But <laughs> I, I lived through the time where JFK got assassinated, his brother got assassinated, Martin Luther King got assassinated. And the Democratic Convention just about burned down Chicago. So mm-hmm. when I look at the times when I was a kid and that was going on, it's like, yeah, those were rough. Now we look at Seattle going crazy. I mean, and I'm going, well, oh, yeah, man. we've been there before. I'm not sure that it's the same, but we've been there. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are some things we did back then. We didn't destroy the police departments. <laughs> um, so there are some different things going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the same realm, it's not as if people haven't lived through these things. We've lived through economic ups and downs. We've lived, I mean, the, the generations actually can help each other very much mm-hmm. in many ways because of the fact that the experience for the older generation is there if they're willing to share it. And the energy and new ideas are there with the younger generation if they're willing to share it. And both need to be patient. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way that goes because... Now, you and I did something. You have never you never trout fished before I went with you. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That was last summer. It first, was. And now you're ever. like Mr. Trout Fisherman. I sh- yeah, you could call me that. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm... I'm obsessed. You are, and I'm, I'm thrilled for you. And I think, really? I only wish I could catch as many trout as you've caught. Yeah, I just went last night, caught my new personal best brook trout. Did so. you? How big was it? It wasn't big. It was 11 inches that's got, a that's a nice size brook. Yeah. Those brook are beautiful, aren't they? They're my absolute favorite. They're yeah. so beautiful. They're beautiful and they're tasty. That oh that's a really gosh. good combination. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, boy. Well, good for you. And where'd you catch it? I know you're not supposed to say that, but where'd you catch it? Yeah, it was around the Lakewood area east of okay. here, so. Yeah. Well, I was out there I, the other day I went out and I was looking for a new spot and I should show you the spot. I really think if I had something to float in there, it could be an excellent place to get trout we uh me and matt got uh inflatable rafts that we fit in backpacks okay so that's how we get out on the water in uh pretty remote areas okay now matt is the guy who's running our wolf river refuge program so if you want reference for that if you're listening go to wolf river refuge dot is it com or org 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 and take a look at it and uh, you can see what's going on there but i have to show you this spot you remember after the program and i'll show you 
there's a spot I found that I think would be very good trout fishing. Sure. It's not that far, but if I could have gotten into the water, and the water's real high right now, I think I could have gotten some trout in, in some very interesting places. Sure. Um, and you and I have talked about this place in general before. But see, that that's what's interesting. Here I am. I'm, I'm 64 years old. I'm talking to a 21-year-old. And honestly, when I taught you to go trout fishing, was I an expert? <laughs> you No. No, I had only been a couple times. Everything you told me, you just said, this is what my friend told me. Yeah. I don't know if it works. Exactly. Exactly. Now, here's why I wasn't afraid to do that. Because in life, I have found that you go with what you know. And if you're willing to go and make mistakes, you'll learn more. Oh, absolutely. And by the end of it, but I'm, if there is an end of it, I mean, at some point, you'll become good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And you create a lot of memories along the way. It, you do. I, I mean, some of the spots you go trout fishing, aren't they the most beautiful spots you've been to? Dave, that's more valuable to me than the fish a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have lived up here over 50 years, and there actually were spots for years that I said, years, I need to go try and trout fish there. You should see my Google Maps. I got pins everywhere. Yeah. Well, I never went until last year. <laughs> and then I went and I and I caught some. Uh-huh. And I I didn't do it in a traditional way with the 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 fly rod and all that kind of stuff because these spots you can't use a fly rod in. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and then I caught some trout and enjoyed it and I thought, "Okay, now who can I teach?" Now again, that's the way I'm wired. I'm not wired. <laughs> I found some trout, so I need to keep fishing Mm -hmm. it was who can i teach so when i see you and matt out trout fishing i'm thrilled because i think you know what all i did was go and say here's how much i know and show you and you've taken it to another level oh yeah we just took it and ran with it yeah so that that's good and anyone that's listening that's some of the value if you're an older person you you don't really need to be an expert to teach somebody something Mm -hmm. you just need to be ahead of them a little that's all and and i was just ahead of them enough to do something and now you're ahead of me so if we go somewhere i'll just let you lead and and tell me how to do it because i think your experience now is so far more than mine i've I've still only been about four times oh my goodness and um and you've been many many times and have pulled in some big ones so yeah good for you and i think that's part of life that the thing that i'm enjoying as an older guy is for the rest of my life whenever joseph goes and catches a trout i had something to do with that oh yeah and and it wasn't my responsibility, but the thrill is that you had something to do with it. And I think that's how God wired us. So really, Joseph, you should be looking to teach others. Mm-hmm. And the, here's what happens in here in the Northwoods, unfortunately. I'll, I'll tell you a true story that you can probably relate to. Um, I love blackberries, and I, and I am a blackberry hog. <laughs> my, my daughters would um, make fun of me constantly. Because I would find blackberries, and the rule was nobody else. I would not tell anybody where they were. Oh, man. So I would go back there, and I would fill my freezer with blackberries. And then I wouldn't want to give them away at all. And <laughs> honestly, my wife, my daughters, they, they all worked on me for years saying, you are such a bad person. I mean, really. <laughs> you have uh-huh. you have years and years of blackberries. And I think, I went out and picked them. Those are mine. You know, I, I know where they are in the forest Mm-hmm. I went and found them. And then I realized I'm a miserable man. I'm miserable. Uh-huh. I have all this knowledge and all these berries, and 
I'm the only one that knows where they're at. So finally I went and I started telling people where it was at. I, I told all of our staff. There's another guy whose wife just loves blackberry pie for her birthday. And I said, well, it's over here. And now whenever I go out there, there's people out there. And, and, and you know what? I've, I still have a freezer full. <laughs> and only now there's probably 20, 30 people that also have a freezer full. Uh-huh. Because the patch is huge. And it's like, why was I not sharing this information? Because the fun in life is that. It isn't, I'm not telling you how to get this. Uh, in fact, when we were trout fishing, I showed you the only spot I know at that point <laughs> that was more secret to me. And I thought, you know, and I, I remember another fisherman telling me, why are you showing them where you fish? I said, because they want to know where to fish. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, they'll take all the fish. I go, there'll be more that come. I, that's not the point. Yeah. The point is teach somebody how to fish and enjoy the whole being in the woods and doing what you you know, and again, you've taken it to a new level. So I want to encourage you, you know, teach other people to do what you're doing. And if they take over your spot, don't worry about it. Just go find another one. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. I, you know, people are worth more than fish. And they are. And and the idea of catching these things and seeing their beauty and, and providing yourself a meal. That's something that's worth sharing. It absolutely is. Yeah. So um, have you caught a lot of trout this year? I haven't been able to go much this season. Last right. Last summer was... I was all over it. Yeah. 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 Well, it's something that, that can be lifelong for you, so it doesn't have to, you don't have to catch them on one year of your life. You oh, know? yeah. You, you, you just kind of, right now what I, in fact, off air I was sharing with you, there's a spot that I've been wanting to go look at. I finally did. And I got there and I, I pulled out my pole and I thought, okay, mistake. I, I can be here and I can uh, fish right here, but I, I would need to get out in something and float. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind, the water's real high now, as you know. So mm-hmm. it's not something I could walk into. I, I think I could have a couple of years ago. Sure. I don't think I can now. So I thought, okay. So one of my first thoughts was, I'm going to have to tell Joseph, you know, about this place and, <laughs> and see if he can get out here and float around and tell me if it's any good. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's one of those things where I think it would work uh, very well. Um, but at the same point, so I'm out there and, and, I, and I got out of the truck and I was, adjusting my pole i bought a three foot pole for yeah, for these right. occasions <laughs> and uh, it's working extremely well when i go into tight spots but about 20 yards from me all of a sudden this big doe comes out and just stares at me like what are you doing <laughs> so i'm here watching this doe while i'm trying to fish it was really a wonderful experience in that sense and i'm out in the woods by myself and mm-hmm. it's just really great experience so those kinds of moments i think are the moments that need to be shared between uh, generations. If you're listening to me and you're an older person and you have some really favorite things you do in, in the wild, in, in nature, and shame on you if you're not passing that on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. You need to pass that on because we need people who respect what God has created and enjoy what God has created. And it's not really meant for you to hog it. Oh, yeah. And there's there's an incredible value, Dave, to being in God's creation. For me personally, in my story, God has used His creation a lot as a a way to help with depression and anxiety. Sure, uh, His creation has just always been the a, a huge tool that He has used in my life, and I'm more than happy to share that with other people. 
yeah. if it can change and, and help them the way that it has for me. Yeah. Now you come from, I think, a culture, a, uh, an age group that depression and anxiety is the norm. Yeah, definitely. And you also come from the culture where um, media and and social media is the norm. Mm-hmm. I, I just think people need to get out more and they need to see what God did. They need to look at other people. They need to interact with one another. They need to interact with deer that are 20 yards away. I wholeheartedly agree. You know? So if you're not doing that, get up to Silver Birch Ranch at least and start there and see, you know, we have men's retreats, we have women's retreats. It's not an ad I'm giving. I, we do this because we really believe this is what you should be doing. Oh, yeah. We're up to the Wolf River Refuge. It's right on the Wolf River. You can fish on the Wolf River. I mean, there are things that you should be doing in life that will enhance your relationship with God. And staring at a, a television is not one of them, mm-hmm. I don't think, or, or a screen in your hand. <laughs> Um, I'm not, I, I mean, we use those things, Ron, we're doing a podcast here, but I, I, I think those things in and of themselves aren't evil, but they, they distort life. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we have something else we share in common. We, we like um, wild plants and eating wild plants. Yeah. <laughs> right? So what's your favorite wild plant to eat? Wintergreen. Wintergreen. Absolutely, wintergreen. You know, I used to do that, and honestly, I haven't done it in so many years. I can't remember what it looks like. Dave, that hurts a little bit. I know, I know. (laughs) But I used to. I mean, I used to do it. Uh, And I used to, uh, I'll tell you all this stuff I used to. I used to make, um, of course, you could eat every part of the dandelion plant, and I think God gave that to us for that. Oh, yeah. Um, But I used to take the flowers, the dandelion flowers, just soak them in salt water, and then uh, bread them, put them in like a fish batter. Really? And then then fry them. That's crazy. Oh, they're delicious. They taste like mushrooms. I never. When you do that, I've and, always heard about it. I've never done that. Oh man, they're they're very good. And and the reason I soak them in salt water, is you, salt water usually get the bugs out of them. Okay. You know, sometimes it, I'm sure the protein doesn't hurt you, but I, the idea of whatever's in there. Yeah, bacteria, the bugs. Yeah. I'll give you a, a cool thing about dandelions. Every every petal on the dandelion is a complete flower. Really? So yeah, so sometimes when you look at that, you wonder, wow, these are prolific. Yeah, every one. Every single yellow petal has a, a pistil stamen in, in, in that, on that one petal. Wow. And that's why they, they fold over it at that point and become like this, this huge seed pod. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because there's so many seeds in that one plant. That's crazy. Um, and, and really, almost every part of that plant's edible. Now, mm-hmm. as I say that, please don't, if you live in the city and they're fertilizing things and things, be careful. Oh, yeah. You I'm talking about things that are too. clean. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but if you could take before the flower comes off the dandelion, bef- when it's just the leaves, it's a really nutritious, excellent salad. The le- leaves are. Yeah, I, I think I've had that before. Yeah, it's really good. It and it it tastes good. When the flower comes, it becomes bitter. Sure. So that's why they tell you to do it before the flower. It probably nutritional value. I don't know if it changes, but it certainly is bitter after the flower comes. Uh huh. Um, the flour is edible. Like I just said, you can you can deep fry it, and <laughs> and um, and it's very valuable. It's got those yellow vitamins, whatever that is, huh. whatever's in yellow stuff. You know, I mean, it's good for you. B two. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't remember. You have to look it up. Yeah, I have no idea. And then the root. A lot of people make a coffee out of the root, a oh. dandelion coffee. <laughs> so you can take the root, let it dry, grind it up, and make it like a tea or coffee out of it. And, and oh yeah. 
Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, dandelion tea is sold, and I mean, you can go to a store. And yeah, buy that's. It. I I buy it at the store. That's some of my favorite stuff. Yeah. So you you can actually make it out of the root yourself. Oh man. And and so the dandelion itself, when I see how prolific they are, I wonder, did God put them on this earth to, you know, help feed us? Mm-hmm. And of course, I've spent my whole life trying to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Yes. That, that, so that's one of my foods that you like wintergreen. I went to Dan Lines. Name another one. What, what else do you like? <clears throat> well, can I share a little tea recipe with you? Do it. Do it. Uh, I don't have the exact ratio down, but I call it bog tea um, because wintergreen grows usually in bog settings, especially around the Nicolay National Forest here. Um, but I was telling you earlier about Labrador tea, and that, that grows almost uniquely to only bogs and sphagnum moss bogs. Um, so I would take wintergreen leaves, Labrador leaves, and then a couple chunks of chaga. Put all three of those in a big uh, pot. You better explain chaga to people. Chaga. It's a mushroom that grows out of uh, birch trees. Okay. Um, now, is it the mushroom or is it the black stuff? It The black stuff is a mushroom. Okay. What do I know? I, because <laughs> the, the, the actual bracket fungus isn't it on the, on the, on the birch tree. That's not chaga. You know what bracket fungus is? I don't think so. Okay, it's it's the kind of big half moon upside down mushroom. Oh, that white stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not chaga. The, definitely not chaga. No, chaga's black. Yeah. Okay, just so people know. Because honestly, if you hear something on a program like this, don't go try it without knowing oh, what yeah. you're doing. Oh, yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, please. Because <laughs> you go can say, you mushrooms. told me to eat this, and I did, and I died. Now we're to blame, <laughs> so don't do yeah. that. Um, but yeah, and then uh, chaga, you're not really supposed to boil, so I, I put it on like a hot a little bit warmer water just over like a pilot light on a gas stove or something. Let it sit for a day, uh, like overnight. Mm-hmm. And that stuff tastes amazing. It actually kind of tastes like root beer a little bit because wintergreen was an original ingredient in the original root beer recipe. Was it really? Yes. It was, I think, wintergreen, uh, sweet birch, and sarsaparilla roots. Was sweet like, birch. Now, what part of his, what, what is sweet birch? Is that the, the <coughs> sap? Um, I'm not exactly sure. I, that's something that I have to look into more. Um, I, my understanding of it is it's it was a specific birch tree, a uh, specific species that they use, and I think they used the sap and then the inner bark, otherwise known as the cambium, sure. of the tree. I don't know how they processed it or, or what they did with it. Um, that's, that's something I have not looked into as okay. much as I wanted to. But, yeah, it's got a really earthy... Almost warm root beer flavor. So your tea has those three ingredients in it, uh huh, and to a certain ratio that you have. Figured yeah, that's out. that's uh kind of what I'm playing around with. I usually just do like, depending on the amount of water, I do like one or two chunks of chaga, a handful, like a lot of wintergreen leaves, and then a couple Labrador leaves because the Labrador tea is pretty strong, and I like the wintergreen flavor, so I put in more. So is it uh? Do you have to dry the leaves first? You can. I, that's that's another thing that I if you dry them or I think it actually I think with the wintergreen leaves it helps to dry it out a bit okay. but that's something that I've I still have yet to experiment experiment with more okay so well I'm gonna wait for a bag of that oh yeah I'll, I'll get it to you it and so that I can because I drink tea every day sure so you get me a bag I'll, I'll give it a try and right. um one of the fun things is if you're listening to the younger older program you haven't listened a lot what you're hearing is the excitement that Joseph has for another 
something in life that God's using him right now in. And who knows how God's going to use that down in the future. But he will, because you have this very specific interest in seeing God in this way. It could be that he combines your, your love for photography, you, you know, that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what he's going to do down the road. And some things start out as um, habits. They start out as something you do for fun. And then God allows you the privilege of moving that into an area where you can actually live off of it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you may not be rich, but, but you can in some respects. Yeah. Um, and who knows you know what that is. So what other plants are you dabbling in? Um, I'm, uh, I guess I'm looking more into the berry world recently. There's a couple unique berries that I, I've never really heard of. Obviously you have the popular ones like blackberries and raspberries and blueberries, but, uh, up here we have, they're nicknamed, uh, dewberries, but there's a couple different plants called dew, dewberries. Uh, I think more specifically, they're called dwarf red raspberries. Okay. The, uh, scientific name is Rubus pubescens i believe um those are really good there's another one called snowberries which are unique to bogs as well which i still have yet to try but i think those are related to wintergreen berries now are they um is that something you have to be very careful about that can kill you if you get the wrong kind and it mimics something uh no as far as i know there there are really not many lookalikes uh in those in those areas actually in wintergreen um, a lot of those plants are, are pretty good for health benefits. They have a chemical called methyl salicylate, which is like a natural form of aspirin. Okay. So. Well, good. It's, yeah, it, good it, stuff. It's interesting. I have my degree in this, this stuff, and I still won't pick wild mushrooms. Oh, yeah. I, I don't. I have not bothered a whole lot with I that. I am amazed at those guys that get it and know how to do it. <laughs> but I will not do it personally. Mm-hmm. At this point, because I am so afraid. There are so many that are close. Yeah. That you pick the wrong one and you don't make it home. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that kind of thing. So I want to be 100% sure if I if I do this. I mean, I will do uh, sorrel, uh, um, morel mushrooms. Yeah. I mean, those are pretty unique. Yeah. So. Morels and chaga is about the farthest I've gone into it. Yeah. But mushrooms, there's so many lookalikes. That's just a scary for yeah, me. Yeah, and there's some that are, are really you shouldn't mess with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, at this point. So that's very interesting. Now, when, when you talk about this stuff, so you get excited about it, and I think that there there are ways um, for you personally, it in, it in, I think it enriches your understanding of God and how mm-hmm. he has created and given us as people something that doesn't end in discovery. Oh, my goodness. Because you keep discovering more. Yeah, like I said before, there's no absence of detail in God's creation. It's just amazing. The closer and closer and the further and further you dig into something, the more detail, the more information that you you learn about it. Yep. You know, I find it weird. I mean, no one would consider the computer we're recording all this on an accident, yet people think that all this is an accident somehow, that it all came in. It is so intricate. Yes. It's so intricate. How could all this just kind of, oh, yeah, that works. Yeah. It, it doesn't. I mean, even some of the, the the silliest plants. I can I remember, you know the trilliums that come up in the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, when I was taking my master's degree in Illinois, one day the teacher had us all go, and she wanted to show us this flower that was so rare. 
and, and we had to go and, and we spent half the day hiking through a field to find this flower. And my buddy and I, when we saw it, we both looked at each other and burst out laughing and she got all upset with us. It was like, what are you laughing at? And we said, that's rare. It was oh a trillium. Goodness. And it is a protected species. But, but still, we looked at it and laughed because up here in the spring, it, it, the woods are just lined with them. There's billions of them. Oh, yeah. And, and literally were, millions. Yeah, and they were talking about, oh, these are so rare. And I'm thinking, they're not rare. Go to the, go north. Yeah, I mean, the month of May, it's like there's snow on the ground. Yep. Because there's just white trilliums. Yep, Mother's Day, we count on it because that's uh, one of my wife's favorite flowers. Now, here I will give them this, though. If you pick a trillium, one of the great dangers is if you look at it, it's one of the weird plants. That the, the, the leaves are all up by the flower. Mm-hmm. So when you pick it, you kill it. Yes. Because it has no way to, to send food anymore to that mm-hmm. you know, plant because you just took the leaves. So if you're going to pick it, leave the leaves. Yeah. Uh, go right above the leaves and pick it. And, uh, and if you're on federal land, realize that's illegal. You know, to oh, do. yeah. So don't do that anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get in trouble anywhere you know, for some of these things. I'll give you a couple other plants you can look at. You know the weed that they call plantains? The, the, they're the big, broad, leafy you kind of step on them in a lawn and and it says thank you you know what i mean it's kind of like these big broad flat leafy plants sure uh, yeah i don't know exactly those what you're are talking about. excellent for you and they make a great salad really oh yeah those are really really good and most lawns have them up here they have them in them they're just weeds okay. um and those are very good for you um and then of course there's the what we call and i don't know what the real name is we call them creeping charlie they're they're kind of minty smell hmm. they're purple flower and they they just take over like a lawn eventually. oh i think i know what you're talking about they make a great tea really yeah they're minty they're they're they make huh. a really really wonderful tea okay uh once again uh, if those of you that are listening i encourage you not to just go out and start doing things yeah do uh, your research do your research please and and make sure that if you do put something in your mouth you know that it's not going to kill you (laughs) that's all i'm saying Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think there are some plants out there that are clearly okay yes and and you need to learn but that's where human to human teaching is the best Uh uh-huh and so find somebody who knows the woods find somebody like joseph and go out with them and learn to fish learn to you know learn to learn some of these things and, and now you'll be able to actually enjoy those the rest of your life because it enriches your life. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, I've had the privilege this year, Dave, of taking a handful of the NBI students out into the woods, and it's been one of the greatest joys for me this year to teach them about the woods and see their eyes light up like the first time that I was delving into God's creation and learning. Yeah. The way that my eyes lit up and seeing that same thing in their eyes. and yeah. um, Their their understanding of God just becoming richer and bigger due to that. It's yep. been really amazing. Well, and I encourage every generation to do that. See, Joseph is talking like an old guy there. <laughs> and, 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 and he's not. He's saying something very wise. When you learn something, there's a general principle that you need to understand. When you learn something, you can either hoard it, keep it to yourself, or you can give it away. And when you give it away, you multiply it. So if you've learned something, if you've learned a skill, if you've learned something in life, please don't keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you find other people. Now, some are not interested at all in wild plants and trout. and So you can't give them the information. They don't care. 
Yeah. But have it in your mind that if you learn something, learn who you can give it to. And mm-hmm. I guarantee your life will be uh, full of joy. Well, I thank you for listening again. This has been Younger Older. Uh, I'm Dave, and I'm with Joseph today. I invite you to go to Relate365.com and download as many Younger Older programs as you want or some of the other podcasts that we do. Thanks much. See you later.